Welcome to episode 43 of the Seize Us Show. I miss you guys. I know it's been a long time. It feels like I took a hiatus, but I'm back now. You know, it's 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 been been a lot going on. You know, I've been doing some things um, under the wraps, and you know, I'm just I'm just glad to be back. I know the NBA world has missed me. I know my audience has missed me. Um, and the last episode I actually released was damn near a month ago. Can you actually believe that? Um, you know, I just want to apologize in advance to all of my subscribers who have been patiently waiting, and I just want to give a very warm welcome to my new listeners. Welcome to the Caesar Show. I'm here now, and I promise that this episode is going to be well worth it. So, like like I said, once again, sorry for the wait. Oh, and good news. The Caesar Show is now available on Spotify. Yes, yes, yes. You heard it here first, Spotify. So, that's three different platforms now you can access the Caesar Show on. So, there's no excuse if you don't listen to it. iTunes Podcast Connect, SoundCloud, and Spotify. But enough of that. Let me recap you guys on my previous episode, episode 42. Now, on episode 42 of the season show, Trey came on the show. We both debated the hottest topics, such as Kobe Bryant's new book, The Mama Mentality, which you guys should still check out if you haven't checked it out already. Trouble in L.A., Westbrook's gruesome ankle injury, the Rockets' defensive revival, getting their, you know, new, I mean, getting their old defensive coordinator back, the Kyrie and Jamal Murray beef, um, the Wizards' awful start, the all-star draft finally being televised, and much, much more. Um, So, like I said, this week, um, we're going to have another live call in. Cousin slash homie Z Scribe, he's appeared on an earlier episode of the Caesar Show way back, I think, in the teens or the 20s. I can't really remember. Um, but this guy's a great lawyer for the state of New York. And I'd be telling him he should just drop all that and just seriously just become an NBA agent. Like, his knowledge of what's happening around the league is like no other. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Z Scribe. What's good, Z? How you doing? What's good? What's good? Thursday night in New York, the usual brick outside, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Got the fireplace running. Good. How, how's New York treating you, though? New York's all right? I mean... Yeah, man, I was telling the audience members how uh, instead of being a lawyer, I just say, fuck it, and, uh, you know, just be an NBA agent, man. Be an agent, man. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's too cutthroat. Too cutthroat? Trying to steal your clients. Yeah, I can't deal with them. I'm going to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. But it's been a while since you've been on the last episode. I was telling my audience, I think it's been, I think you were last on, like, in the teens or in the 20s. I can't really remember because time just goes by so fast. It's been a while. Like, I remember the audio recording. I think you were trying to like we try to use the Zencaster joint. That joint just sounded terrible, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but the quality is a little better now. And you know, I'm just ready to get into you know today's hot topic. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is yesterday's game. You know, this potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup um, that happened Wednesday night televised on ESPN: the Raptors versus the 76ers. Um, and, you, and everyone already knows my favorite player is Kawhi Leonard, so you know I had to bring that in a little bit. But the Raptors, um, like I said, faced off against the 76ers, and the Raptors end up winning 113 to 102. And 
what stood out a lot too was Kawhi leading the way as he normally does. Had 36 points, nine rebounds, five steals. Ibaka went on to add 18 and 8. Valanchunas was a big surprise having 26 and 8 off the bench, which was crazy. Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So going into the game, I was nervous because I know Joel and B, obviously, like like the Raptors beat him by like damn near almost 20 points last time around, but I know Joel and B just imposed his will on them, had like 31 and 12 or something like that. So I was like, damn, like who are they gonna start this time? Are they gonna go small and have Ibaka at the five, or are they gonna start JV? Um they went small, um, and it it seemed like it was going okay, but uh, uh, Toronto just defensively, I just thought they were there from start to finish. They 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 did well. I think the biggest thing was probably their defense and and their bench. Um, like I said, JV had twenty six off the bench. Then you had um, what's his name? Greg Monroe gave you solid minutes, even though he only had like two points. You also had Van Fleet doing well, and you also had I can't remember homie's name. What's what's homie's name? The it's like a, he's like the backup two for the Raptors. Are you, are you talking about CJ Miles or the dude's first name is like OG or something? Not OG, the other dude. He's like a he's like kind of like a three and D like two way player. I can't remember his name right now. Not talking about CJ Miles. Not CJ Miles, the other dude. Oh, does he weigh like sixty five or something? Yes, no, not Siakam, not Siakam. The other dude off the bench. I can't think of his name right now. I don't know why I'm going blank right now. I'm trying to think who he's talking. I'm trying. He has. Oh, you talking about right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. So, right played very, very well as um, too. Um, so, my thing is, like, do you think this is going to be an Eastern Conference possible matchup? Like, do you, you think that they can go to Eastern Conference Finals? Or, like, like what are your whole thoughts on, um, you know, the, the 76ers state of mind right now? Well, it was, like, a weird game because Kyle Lowry had, like, seven points. And Kyle? Jonas comes off the bench with 26. Yeah, like, it was a weird game. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you, would Im- you would imagine, like, that dynamic wouldn't play out if, if they played again. So, like, I don't know how reflective, like, this game is of how a series would go. Like, you would think, you know, the star players w- would be the star player. Like, I don't think, you know, Jonas is getting 20 minutes a game in the playoffs in this series. But, I mean, he had it going yesterday, so I, I get it. You don't- I, I think for me. You don't, you don't, you don't think you have more minutes because you need bigger bodies on Embiid. So I feel like they would definitely, you know, put a Ibaka and JV on him as well too. Because JV had twenty one last game against Embiid as well too. So I think he actually, yeah, yeah. I just I looked up the stats not too long ago. So I think he matches up pretty well with Embiid. That's interesting, and he can move him away from the basket. That, 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 that's, that's true. So, so, may, so maybe they play him against the Sixers because it's a matchup thing. Now I think about it. Yeah. I, 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 I see how that matchup works. So like, typically, he wouldn't get that much burn, but like I see in the series, it, it does make sense. It, it's just it's just that like when I look at these teams, like I'm not sure what Philly's going to be at because like Ben Simmons, I feel like in this Jimmy Butler trade, he's been affected the most. Mm-hmm. Like his usage rate is way down. And like he, he's basically putting up triple singles more or less. Like which is funny. I heard Charles Barkley say that. Charles Barkley said it the other day, but it's pretty much true. He's giving you like nine, nine, and nine with Jimmy Butler. It's weird. So like, I don't know how he's gonna fit in. So like, I don't know how it's all gonna mesh and how it's all gonna work. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent willing to write off the Celtics just yet. But I, I think the Celtics just need to figure out how they all can play together because they have the pieces. Like mm-hmm. on paper, they should be right there. And I feel like it's a long season. I feel like going towards the end. I think they'll figure out and they'll be right there. And realistically, the Sixers last year in the playoffs, 
they were kind of a flop. They didn't live up to the hype. So unless you think Jimmy Butler is going to put them over, I mean, I don't know, but I think Kawhi's a big upgrade over DeMar. So I, I, I think I think Toronto won up that move. So I think they're still ahead of them in that regard. I'm surprised you're still rocking with Kawhi. Actually, you're third then. I thought you'd feel away. I thought you'd feel away. <laughs> nah, man, I can't be like no skate Bailey has, has and just you know just completely forget my guy. You know that's that's my favorite player. So I, I still watch the Spurs games. Actually, I was watching the Lakers game actually yesterday too. It's just not the same as it used to be. But um, I've been watching Toronto. Basically, I've i basically seen every single Toronto game this year. So just to see the progression of Kawhi from early on till now um, is just truly amazing. And I feel like if he keeps this up, um, is he, if he plays at this high level and they get the number one seed, I think he's going. I think he's going to win MVP. I, I, I feel like if the Lakers get a top four seed, they're going to force it to LeBron. You think, you think the media going to buy into that? Because, well, like I, I feel like now nowadays with the MVP, I think the media not well not the media. I think the biggest narrative is the stories that it comes with, like the big the, the story it comes with. So, like back in the day. Russell Westbrook, his whole narrative was Katie left him, so what can you do with your own team? Went out and averaged triple double, got the MVP. James yeah. Harden, what James Harden always been slighted. He gets this new Dan Tony system. Um he has Chris Paul up there. What can you do? KD had that same narrative. They got tired of LeBron James. They gave it to him. Steph Curry, new guy in town, gave it to him. So I think the fact that Kawhi missed what, like eighty games? Well, no, he only played nine games last year. He got traded. There was a lot of drama going on in San Antonio. He comes to a new team. Obviously, the, the, the Toronto Raptors won 59 games last year, but I feel like if he can surpass that and let's say be 66-16 and still show, even if he took a year off, he's averaging, what, 26-8 and like four, I think he I think he gets that. I think that I think the I think the the voters would vote for him. Um, now there's other people in the mix, like you said, LeBron James has his whole narrative. Oh, you can't win in the West. If he gets a number four seed, that's definitely going to change some things. Then you have Steph Curry, who's been playing lights out. Obviously, he got injured, and we saw that KD couldn't really carry them. It, it, it didn't get into, like, what right when Steph came back, they came into that three-game win streak. Um, and then also, obviously, uh, they lost to Toronto, which ended that win streak. But Steph's impact on the Warriors is something to watch, too. And then the emergence of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so those are my candidates right now. But I think if, if things were – to stay the way they were, and the Raptors got that number one seed. I think they would, uh, they would definitely give that to Kawhi. Well, here's the thing with the Raptors: the Raptors had the number one record in the East last year. Mm-hmm. So for for Kawhi to win it, they wouldn't just have to like as far as as far as winning goes. For him to win it, it wouldn't just have to be that they get the one seed. They would probably have to win more games than they won last year. So yeah, so yeah, so I was I was saying not only win a number one seed in the East, but overall number one record and have a better record than they did last year. So I think if they have the best record in the NBA and he puts this uh, – this he still puts this show on, I think he has it. I think that will be enough to overcome voter bias because, like you said, his narrative, but the narrative was that he was being selfish. Like, the media turned against him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're in his favor. Like, they don't want to give it to him. But, like, he's playing himself into, like, MVP the MVP conversation. Like, he used to be, like, a media favorite when he was a quiet dude in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But then when he pulled his whole I'm not going to play thing because I don't trust the staff, I don't want to be here, which it started to look like he was right because then someone just put Paul Gasol back out there early and misdiagnosed him and now he's hurt. <laughs> so it wasn't quite knew what he was talking about about their doctor. But they made him he being the big selfish dude. He even had Tony Parker taking shots at him. Yeah. So like they really 
did a whole like 180 on Kawhi, but he's played so well, they got to put him in the conversation. For but sure. I, I just think, I just think the way narratives work, like if if you if you look at the landscape, the NBA people, like a big part of the reason why Steve Nash won like that MVP back to back back in the day, the argument was that Amari Stoudemire missed the whole season, yet he still got them to the two seed. Right, they looked at what you had to start with. Even though the team is so talented, you just didn't have Amari, and Amari is Amari. Mm. If you if you look if you look at the Lakers, they're going to say like look at the team around it, mm. right? Like that was kind of the Russell Westbrook argument. Kevin Durant is gone. Mm. Who's on your team? And you put up these crazy numbers. So I I, th- I think like like Kawhi would probably be in pole position, but if LeBron gets them a top three or four seed, I mean. This is a LeBron James who they lost in the NBA Finals. At one point, people were trying to give him Finals MVP, which is like unprecedented. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But I think, I think Kawhi is definitely probably in pole position. As far as Steph Curry, I think he just missed too many games. How many games he missed? Like seven. He, he missed. He missed. He missed. Was it ten or was it seven? I'm forgetting. I think it was like. It may have been like I don't know. It may have been like seven. It's definitely. I think it was definitely under ten though. But I it don't felt know. like he because it felt like he was going for like a month. Yeah, probably I think like two two and a half weeks. So, but but, I, but the other but the other thing with that is he still got Kevin Durant on his team, uh, right? Like pe- people are gonna say the Warriors weren't winning as much when Steph was out, but like it wasn't just Steph being out. It was Draymond Green being out. It it was the fact that like the Warriors by signing Kevin Durant they basically depleted their bench. Yeah, the bench to give him that max deal. So, so basically, like, they were designed to only ball with the starters. Yeah. So if you take out any one or two of those guys, but now you got a problem. You got Andre Iguodala playing 31 minutes a night when you know he can't do that at this age. But yeah. you knew it was going to go bad. Yeah. So, like, so I, so I don't I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give that award to Curry. Plus, he already won a unanimous MVP. You know how they like to give it to somebody new. Facts. <laughs> and you, you can argue LeBron should win the MVP every year, so... Voters definitely have that voters fatigue, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see what's good with that. But just staying with the Raptors in general, like, I, and I know as you pointed out too, like during this Raptors win streak, obviously it ended when they when they lost to the Nuggets Monday night, which was a great game, by the way. Uh, no, joke is just no joke. <laughs> that dude was a walking triple double dog. But besides that, Kyle Lowry has been in a shooting slump, and my biggest thing is like. I love the Raptors, but, like, once you get to the playoffs, like, what are you going to do? Like, Kawhi can't just do this all on his own. Like, obviously, we've seen the emergence of Siakam. We saw that Ibaka redefined his game. We see that their bench is really deep, and the addition of Danny Green being a 3D player he is. Um, they, they can definitely win some series, but my biggest thing is I think Kyle Lowry has to play at a high level. So, I mean – I mean, he's not shooting well, and he's st- he's still playing well. You know, he's putting his players in position. He's doing all the little things, to, um, you know, drawing fouls, getting his teammates involved, um, you know, just being a dog defensively, being a pest defensively, and just being that vocal leader out there. But I feel like he's going to have to step his offensive game up if they want to get to the finals. Well, well, that's part of the reason why I still am not willing to write off the Celtics because at the end of the day, like, we've seen – Kyle Lowry through how many how many years and how many seasons the playoffs just <laughs> not show up time and time again. I think it's more probable than not that he isn't gonna show up at this point. So like when it comes out to a show, a series, like if I if I've gotta look and be like, okay, who's gonna show for me? Kyrie Irving or Kyle Lowry. I'm leaning towards Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I, I have way more faith that like in the big moments he's gonna be there. 
unless you think Kawhi is going to give you forty something a night. Like I, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's going to be enough. I watched LeBron average thirty eight, eight and eight against the Magic and lose in the conference finals. But he, but he had no, he had no squad though. So like, I like, I think, I think Ibaka is gonna have a great playoff series. I think Siakam is gonna is gonna be his coming out party. You think Ibaka is gonna keep shooting this well? I, I, I mean, he's been this consistent so far. Uh, he can be. I think he may be an All Star this year. After in the East. But like, I mean, if he keeps shooting this well, then yeah. But like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think back to like part of like you remember when like the Warriors were down three one to. To the Thunder, one of the things was like Russ and Katie were kicking it out to Bach and he wasn't making that shot. That is true. If he made a few of those shots, then the word then the Thunder go to the finals. Like he wasn't making that shot. I mean, you can argue that. You can also argue if Katie had a better Game Five and Game Six, they we wouldn't even worry about this either. I mean, you can say that for him and Russ. Like they were both going ice and missing, but like at the end of the day, like. You got two superstar players. Like you're basically telling them, if you're not great every single night, we're not winning a game. Mm. Like that, that's just a very hard dynamic to have. Like I mean, it worked with Kobe and Shaq, but all the whole different NBA. Yeah. That was NBA with people scoring like 90 points a night. So if Kobe <laughs> and Shaq got you 60, you were two thirds of the way there. Facts. Now, how do you feel about this whole new offense where they're giving players more creative freedom, having more so of a free-flow offensive game? So, you know, there's going to be more points scored. And obviously, with that new implementation, when it's an offensive rebound, their shot resets to 14 seconds. Now, how do you feel about the new modern-day NBA? I feel like Greg Popovich is right about losing the beauty of the game. Like, because everyone is more or less playing the same way now. So I don't even know if it's more freedom because realistically people are so focused on analytics it's either take a shot right at the rim or kick it out for a three like and, and I mean when the Warriors were doing it it was new and Steph was like shooting like 35 foot threes like he was shooting jumpers it was crazy to watch him and Clay like and it was special now everyone is trying to be them to a certain degree and I think I just think it's not as fun to watch and I think something like what is it like 20 of the teams in the NBA are averaging over 110 points per game, and every single team is averaging at least 100 points per game. Yeah, like it's, there's like no defense being played, and so I, I I get you want the scoring up, you want the pace to be up like there was in the 80s, but like the mid range game is gone. Like the, the, those highlight plays came from like Jordan Jordan having this sort of fadeaway mid range game, this type of ISO move, like this and third, and I don't really see much of it anymore. I see like a guy like James Harden. Who he's going to the rim. He's got to land it up or he's shooting a free throw. And if not, he's stepping back to shoot three. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we saw what happened last year in the playoffs. Like, when the three ain't dropping, where's your mid-range game? Where, where are your other shots? Yeah. When the referee's not giving you a free throw call at the rim. So, so I, I agree with Popovich. Like, Popovich played – like, people used to say the Spurs were boring, but they played beautiful basketball. Like, they ran sets. Like, it was innovative. People just didn't like their personality. Like, if the Spurs played in, like, New York, I feel like they wouldn't have gotten as much hate. Like, I don't know how you could watch Tony Parker and always say they were born. Yeah. I, so, I mean, like, wh- like when the Sun started that, that type, Mike then Tony really started this whole thing. He, he revolutionized basketball. He brought this up. Mm-hmm. When the Suns were doing it, it was exciting. But if, if, you look at the, if you look at the NBA, the way it's played now, like, Michael Jordan wouldn't be able to exist the way he played. Like, that whole mid-range game, they'd be like, don't take those shots. But what do you mean? Ka- Kawhi's still taking these mid-range shots, though. He's the exception to the rule. So you don't think Jordan would adapt and play basically like Kawhi's game? I don't. I don't know if they, 
I don't know if a Michael Jordan being raised in this era would have had those type of role models to model his game off of. Mm, like, okay, Michael Jordan saying, modeled yeah. his game off of, like, David Thompson and, like, Dr. J and people okay. like that. Like, there would have been no one playing like that. Mm, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Right, like, they just wouldn't. Like, I, I, go, I go by, like, playground sometimes when I'm walking to work and I watch these kids and they're dribbling out to the three-point line to shoot threes like they're Steph Curry <laughs> when they have wide open shots. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's just the, that's the way the game is being taught. Like, I mean, that's part of Carmelo Anthony's problem. That's what happened to him. Like, even he's, he's a deadly mid-range jump shooter, but no one wants that anymore. Yeah. So they try to make him a, a three-point shooter. That's not who he is. Yeah. Like, there's no place for him in today's NBA. Kawhi is really an anomaly. Like, who else plays like him right now? Who's considered a superstar? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He, he's like the last of a dying breed. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. Speaking of Kawhi, you know, um, ladies and gentlemen as well, too, for those of you that don't know, um, not too long ago, Kawhi Leonard has made headlines um, and has agreed to a multi-year shoe deal with New Balance. Um, now, so, how much are they paying him for that deal? Not because see, of how much are they paying um, I don't know yet. They haven't released it. Um, if it's anything less than two hundred and fifty million, you need to back out of the deal right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Kawhi was a member of the Jordan brand for a few years, and after um, you know long term extension talks with the Jordan brand, they didn't come to an agreement. So um, typically with shoe brands, you have up to ten business days to match the deal. But in Kawhi's case, his endorsement deal with Jordan expired, I believe, October first. So. While he was um, with Jordan, he was making, I think, only $5 million a year, which doesn't make sense. Um, he must be making more than that to, to jump to, new ba- to, to the New Balance brand. Um, so the Jordan brand tried to extend Kawhi's deal for a four-year, $22 million deal. He declined it. Um, so my thing now is why out of all brands do you think Kawhi is, you know, trying to try New Balance? Because New, ba- New Balance tried to pitch, you know, in the offseason, Joel Embiid, a Kelly Oubre, a Gordon Hayward, um, but they all signed elsewhere. Um, and do you think he's going to have his own signature sneaker? Um, do you, what, like, what are your whole thoughts just on this whole movement with, with New Balance and Kawhi? All right, so first you got, like, his initial deal, like, I kind of get it because he was, like, a no-name, right? Like, when you find that initial deal. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I, I'm assuming Jordan Grant probably had the right of first refusal when he went to go to any new deal. But at the end of the day, like, LeBron James had a rookie deal. At a certain point, it became clear that he was worth way much more than his initial Nike deal. And they re-upped. Like, James Harden got a bigger deal. Like, Derrick Rose got his big Adidas deal after he became the MVP. So, Kawhi Leonard, you know, by missing last year, that probably hurt him with any shoe deal negotiation, too. Because, like, people are like, we don't know who you're going to be when you come back. That's true. Like, that Kawhi Leonard was playing right now would have gotten a much better offer from Jordan. Mm. But, but but that aside, I think with New Balance, they pr- I don't know the, the specifics of his deal. Like I would hope it'd be like Curry, Steph Curry's Under Armour deal, where Curry has like a percentage of the company. Mm-hmm. That's part of that was part of the allure of bringing him to Under Armour. Mm-hmm. I would hope he has something like that. That's what Tom Brady and Kim Newton also have at Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Because if he goes to New Balance, like he's like their only guy. He's the face. So. Maybe maybe there's a major incentive there. Like I thought he was gonna go to Puma or something, just because like it seems like that's the new wave. Everybody's going to Puma ever since Jay Z got there. Like the like the Marcus Cousins, a lot of these rookies who just signed. It just seems like that's where people are headed. So I thought that's what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and they could use like a top five player in the league rocking the brand. So I thought that's where you would end up with New Balance. I mean, I know 
not to get too political, but, but New Balance and their owners are very, very conservative dudes. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi's manager is a very conservative dude. His uncle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- there's political connections there. I don't know how much that plays into it. But th- the, the political stance of New Balance owners is one of the reasons why some players didn't want to sign with them. They just didn't want to be affiliated with that. Mm. So, if Ka- so Kawhi, under his previous management, I don't know if he signs a New Balance deal either. But I don't know if Kawhi believes, I don't know what he stands for. I think the New Balance deal is weird. He's going to have to have a signature shoe for it to, for it to be worth it. And, it. and it can't look like what the current New Balance look like. I know New Balance makes good running sneakers, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't ball a note and be taken seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, Yo, there was a picture on social media the other day where there's a bunch of white people like outside of a Costco and they're like, yo, we're getting ready to launch the new New Balances, new uh, Kawhi the New Balances. <laughs> Which is crazy. And it's crazy because like with how we utilize social media like to sell product and the fact that Kawhi has no social media mixed with his reserved personality, how is he going to be able to sell these sneakers? Is he just going to, I guess, let his game do the talking and, you know, kids and other people are just going to buy into it? If, if I was marketing Kawhi, I would go with a silent assassin campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be the theme of all my commercials. Mm-hmm. To just play up on how quiet he is. Like, I would run a silent assassin type of theme. And he, could play, he could play that off very, very well. And, and it would it'll, it'll become, like, it'll become like, like kind of just poking fun at yourself kind of thing. It'd be like an inside joke, but I think those commercials would play well. That's what I would market Kawhi. I literally just had, like, uh, <laughs> a brain, like a brainwave in my head where I saw him being, like, the corn road black James Brown, I mean James Bond. <laughs> 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 yeah, that would be dope if they had like a little mini web series or some shit like that for his shoes. That would be kind of dope. Yeah, but like, I, I, like the thing is, like, I've never seen like a successful New Balance marketing campaign. So I don't even know if they got the guys behind them to do it. Yeah, so I mean, we're gonna see what's good with that. I mean, maybe, and then they also, I remember, uh. Because didn't uh, Penny Hardaway have his own sneakers and they had like his little alter ego, like Mini Penny or something like that in the oh, 90s? Little Penny? Yeah, yeah, Little Penny. Yeah, but, yeah, but those, those were like, oh, what, what were the pennies again? What brand? Were the, were, the, were the pennies Nikes? Why am I forgetting? I think they were Nikes, bro. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, but Nikes are master, master marketers. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if you have like a great marketing team, they, they could pull it off. I just don't know if New Balance have those type of people. Hmm. Like, I don't know, like, like think about all the, the campaigns that Nike's been behind, like LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, like, they've been around the, behind a lot of great marketing campaigns. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So, um, hopefully they do look fire. If they're trash, then I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm going to buy it. I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing New Balance, bro. <laughs> Yeah, he should have went on that Puma wave, bro, or Adidas or Nike or something, bro. Who's the biggest client right now? Joel Embiid and Demarcus Cousins, right? And I think Danny Green just got signed to them too. He be wearing Pumas a lot. They also have Rudy Gay, and then like, like three or four guys that just got drafted in the first round. 
Yeah, I think Mo Bamba. Like in the past rap, I'm forgetting their name. I think uh, eight, DeAndre Ayton and Mo Bamba, right? Yeah, and I think it was one other dude, so I'm forgetting. And then Skylar Diggins. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then some soccer players, too. Yeah, so. Basically, anyone who has some sort of connection to Rock Nation, more or less. <laughs> <Makes> <laughs> pretty sense. much. Makes sense. Shout out to Hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Shout like, out to Hope. Keeping the money in house. For sure, for sure. But we'll see how that goes. And, you know, just just backtracking, going a little way. Like I said, I haven't been, I haven't released an episode in a while, but I want to touch upon this. Um, so the whole Pop versus Kawhi saga, you know. So not too long ago, Coach Pop was asked from the media about Patty Mills' role as a leader with Manu, Tony Parker, and Kawhi all being gone. And he said, quote, Kawhi was a great player, but he wasn't a leader. Manu and Patty were the leaders. Kawhi's talent will always be missed, but leadership wasn't his deal at the time. They may comment as he progresses. You know, Patty and Manu filled the role for us last year. Um, LaMarcus came a long way as a leader also. And then uh, they kind of ended right there. And then Kawhi responded saying, it's funny to me because I don't know if he was talking about last year or not. But I guess when you stop playing, they forget how you lead. Other than that, it doesn't matter. I'm here for the Raptors and I focus on this season. And that's what's going on at this time. Now, I feel where Pop is coming from, but I can't help to feel some type of way at the same time because when you just look up the definition of a leader, um, you know, it's clearly stated the person who leads or commands a group, organization, or country. Now, when I think of a leader, there's two different types of leaders. There's a person that leads by example, and then, and then you have their, you know, your vocal leaders. So you have your vocal leaders like a Draymond Green or like a Kyle Lowry who's going to always be there, going to get on you about everything, just be that voice in the locker room. Then you have a person like a Tim Duncan, like a Steph Curry, like a Kevin Durant who – Speak up when they have to, but more so lead by example, and you know, you know what I'm saying too. So, like, what what are your what are your what are your thoughts on that whole, um, you know, debate that's going on about leadership and whatnot? And and yeah, just tell me your intake on that. Well, first off, I'm surprised Kawhi even responded. I didn't think he was gonna say anything. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say no comment. I don't play there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Yeah, but I think it's always hard from the outside to know what type of leader somebody really is because you're not in the locker room with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like everything we see on TV, like, everything, especially today, like, where people are so aware of controlling their brands and their images, like, you don't know if that's a reflection of the day-to-day. Yeah. Like, what, what's being put out there, what's being portrayed. Like, at, at one point, Tony Parker, like, we talked about Tim Duncan being a great leader, but Tony Parker admitted that his entire rookie season, Tim Duncan didn't speak to him once. Like, like Tim Duncan didn't speak to Tony Parker until... He, you realize Tony Parker was nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's looking at him like, you might not be here next year. Why am I wasting my time? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's, it's hard to say, but at the same time, like, you lead, you lead by example. Like, I always think of the classic Bill Russell example where, you know, he, he's getting screamed at, you know, by Red Arbach, and everyone's like, whoa, he's going at Bill Russell, and Bill Russell's like, kind of looking at him crazy. And you're wondering why he's yelling at him. And then he pulled Bill Russell to the side. He's like, if I can't yell at you, I can't yell at anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm making a point that if you're the face of the team and I'm yelling at you, then that gets everybody else in line. They know what type of work they need to put in. Mm-hmm. So that's being a leader, just being able to take that and accepting that. That's leading by example. Mm-hmm. And the coach is using him as an example. That's not being a rah, rah, rah guy. A lot of leadership is just symbolic value, like how, how hard you work. If Kobe's showing up at 5 a.m., and he's Kobe Bryant. You're flying him in the game in helicopters. How can you not work hard? It's those, it's those, it's those sorts of things. Like, so some people lead by example, but other people don't allow you to lead them by example. You've got to be in their ear. Mm. You've got to constantly motivate them. So you've got to adapt mm. to the players on your team. So I don't, 
So whether or not Kawhi was a good leader, I guess it depends on how the Spurs were designed and what was needed of him. Mm. So he might have felt like, look, I'm out here balling. I'm doing what I need to do on the court. I'm executing. I'm telling people where to be on the court. I'm practicing hard and keeping up the intensity of practice. Pop might have wanted him to be more in the pulse of the team and talking to guys and getting them ready and helping guys mature. He might have wanted that and maybe Kawhi wasn't that. Mm. It depends on what your team needs. You know, like, Shaq, Shaq was a beast on the court. He was a popular guy, and he kept the team chemistry good. He probably could have done a better job developing a young Kobe Bryant and, and a less mentally strong person and probably could have gone a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So it, depend, it depends on what the team needs. So I, I, I do think it's weird that it's being said in public, which clearly lets you know that Pop still feels a way about Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's not like him to, like, take shots at foreign players in public. That's unlike him. So clearly the Kawhi situation really, really made him feel a certain type of way because he's probably like, we developed you. Mm. We spent a lot of time and money and effort into making you who you are. And then right when you're at your peak, now you want out. That's crazy. But if he became a bum, they would have traded him. So like, there's no loyalty in sport. Yeah. If on the other way around, they would have clearly included him in a trade package. They're like, listen, get him out. He sucks. Yeah. Be like that. Be like that. Moving on to that. Um, you know, when LeBron James signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, Magic Johnson and the whole Lakers organization had discussions on what kind of team would best suit LeBron James. So rather place so rather than place all the shooters around him, you know, they focused on adding playmakers around him. So in theory, he would be playing more off ball. Um, so the whole goal was to lessen his workload and reduce his minutes. So, so far as usage percentage has been virtually the same um, as last season. And I think one of the biggest reasons is due to the absence of Ray John Rondo. Obviously, he broke his hand. Uh, but yep. the good thing is that LeBron is playing only 34 minutes per game, which is the lowest in his entire NBA career. Um, and it seems like after Rondo did go down, you know, LeBron has the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, and he's been taking – over a little bit more. So Kobe Bryant chimed in and basically said that this method isn't sustainable long-term. And then Magic Johnson had a quote and they said, we're trying to make sure that we watch his minutes, but also that we don't run everything through him because now is Cleveland all over again. We don't want that. Um, now LeBron is in what year 16 and he's about to be, he's 33 going on to be 34 at the end of the year. And it's been to the finals every year since 2011. Uh, we all know that he's a once in a lifetime player. You know, he's, um, never, you know, we've never seen anybody like him. No one's has his build. No one has his durability. Homie spends, what, millions and millions of dollars, like one or two million dollars on his body every year. Um, then he came back and he and said... He's blessed, he's blessed with never being injured, ever. He's blessed with ever, never being injured, yeah. Uh, so he had a quote when they basically, the media talked to him about what Kobe Maddie said, and he basically said, I understand the logic behind what Magic and Kobe are saying um, because we want to grow the young guys, but, I mean, Magic and Kobe know who I am. I know who I am. Um, they know that they're going to get out. They know what they're going to get out of me. Um, that is, you know what you're going to get out of me every game. Um, when it's really, really, really money time, you know who's going to be there. Um, so my question for you is, do you think that in year 16, LeBron should tone it down a little bit? Um, mind you, he has a four-year contract. He is aging right now um, and, and you know, trying to compete for a title. So um, I feel like this year is kind of more so a, of an audition year to see who fits with LeBron and what type of pieces they need to add via trading free agency. Um, but how do you think LeBron's durability is going to last? Um, and do you think he should like tone it down a little bit? I think there have been times this year where the way LeBron plays probably has negatively affected the guys because a lot of it is about self-preservation. So LeBron has never been the guy who really wants to play off-ball all that much. 
I mean, he, he did some of that in Miami, but eventually he was way, way admitted he had to curtail his game for LeBron, so LeBron can, you know, kind of dictate the offense, and Dwayne Wade played a lot more off-ball. I think early in the season, you watch LeBron, when he didn't have the ball, he wasn't really engaged, he was just standing off the side. Now, part of that is just him not necessarily wanting to play off-ball as much as not being that guy. But the other part of that is, like, if you watch him this year, he knows how to conserve his energy, he knows how to pick his spot. By not playing so no damn defense. <laughs> yo, yo, he... Yo, LeBron hasn't played defense since he made that block in the finals. But, <laughs> but nobody wants to talk about it. But, but I'm quiet on that. But, but, but yeah, no, he'll like just kind of stand there because they're Vengeance. So that's how you're able to, like, you know, to still be an effective Boston player. So that gives him longevity, but that doesn't necessarily help the other guys because you're not being a weapon on offense. I think what's transpired, however, as Rajon Rondo's gotten hurt and, like, guys have been in and out of the lineup, like, yesterday, Brandon Ingram started the game off two for two and then rolled his ankle without for the rest of the game. Yeah. The, the, four, the fourth quarter rolled around. Like Lonzo Ball, for some reason, is still afraid to like be an offensive player. Like I don't understand. I don't understand why he's not aggressive either, bro. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so confusing. So LeBron's looking, and LeBron's like, look, I'm not just about to lose. I'm about to turn up. And so at first, like I, I understood what, what Kobe Madge was saying, but like, you want the young guys to grow, but if you sit and you watch the young guys and they're not, you know, they're not getting the job done, you're not just, LeBron's not just going to sit there and lose a game for the sake of them de- them developing. He's going to go win the game. Mm-hmm. And you guys played an entire season last year without LeBron. Like, they got experience. Like, they played an entire season last year without LeBron. Like, they should know how to play. Now, granted, learning how to play LeBron is different. And I think the person that hurt the most by that is Brandon Ingram because he was doing a lot of point forward last year. And LeBron just comes in as, like, the greatest point forward of all time. Mm-hmm. So, like, half of what Brandon Ingram does is gone. Like, Brandon Ingram's now saying, yeah, I'm going to have to learn how to shoot more threes. So, so, I, so I get that. Like, he's hurting other guys learning how to playmakers in that nature by being LeBron. But he's not doing it just out of being stubborn. Part of it is, like, necessity. Mm-hmm. Like, guys aren't necessarily getting it done. And, like, he's waiting, and then he's like, do I wait until we're down, or do I do it early and then sit back, like, He's figuring it out. I will say this, though. They're supposed to basically be running the Golden State Warriors offense. No one who watches the Lakers thinks they're watching the Golden State Warriors offense. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not remotely close. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, if, if all you're doing is auditioning these players to see who fits the LeBron, then you should let them get more burnt to raise their trade value. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's what I feel like. If, 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 that, if, that was, if that was, like, if you, if you, we're bringing, and I understand what Magic Kobe's saying. Like, if you're bringing in LeBron to be LeBron, then there's no point in keeping all these young guys. You should have given the Spurs the package they wanted for Kawhi and try to win right now. Thanks. Like, so it's like the Lakers don't know what they want to do. Do they want to build a team for LeBron to win right now, or do they want to build a team for the future long term? Like, you can't. They're, they're like stuck in between two different phases, and they've got to pick away. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And then. Just even like kind of sticking with this conversation, uh, Kevin Durant had an interview with Bleacher Report, and I, I think the biggest headline was 
how, you know, although L.A. looks, you know, beautiful, it's warm, the weather's nice, it's Hollywood, there's a lot of opportunity out in California in general, um, a lot of players don't like playing with LeBron James. So um, there's a couple quotes I'm going to read to you that I want to have your take on everything. So Katie said, it depends on what kind of players you are, Durant said. If you're Kyle Korver, then it makes sense because Kyle Korver in Atlanta was the bulk of the bulk of the offense, and he's not number one option at all. Not even close. So his talents benefit more from a guy who can pass and penetrate and get him open. If you're a younger player like Kawhi, trying to pair him with LeBron James doesn't really make sense because Kawhi enjoys having the ball in his hands, controlling the offense, dictating the tempo with his post-ups. It's how he plays the game. A lot of young players are developing that skill. They don't need another guy. Then he said, Kevin Love, he had to totally change his game to fit to be a shooter, which I think he deserves way more credit for switching his game. Bosh, the same way as well. LeBron's a player that needs to play with guys that already know the, how to play the game and shooters. Like young players that are still developing, is always going to be hard because he demands the ball so much. He demands control of the offense, and he creates for everybody. And he went on to say one last thing. So much hype comes from being around. So basically um, they were talking about how another bad thing about LeBron is how like um, the media suffocates the attention around LeBron James. So he was saying how um, – Quote, so so much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people. Um, he has so many fanboys in the media. Even the beat, even the beat writers just fawn over him. I'm like, we're playing basketball here. And it's not even about basketball at a certain point. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in the environment because it's toxic, especially when the attention is bullshit attention, fluff. It's not LeBron's fault at all. It's just the fact that you have so many groupies in the media that love to hang on every word. Just get out of the way and let's, let us play basketball. Um, so what are your thoughts on Katie saying this? Do you think it's a blessing and curse being LeBron James? Um, cause thinking about it right now, like obviously, you know, he formed a super team in Miami. Um, so, you know, yeah, D way that was already there and they brought Chris Bosch along. And then when he came to Cleveland, Kyrie already had been drafted from Cavaliers and he had to basically trade for um, Kevin Love. And at, at the same time, too, Cleveland's a small market, so no one's going to want to come to Cleveland. But do you think a lot of players don't want to play with LeBron James? I think it depends on what type of player you are and how well you can handle pressure, right? Like, it's like when Kobe Bryant said, you got to be a certain type of player to want to come play for the Lakers. Because the lights are always on. Like how Dwight Howard didn't like playing with the Lakers. Like he was crying about the fact that he felt like Steve Nash and Kobe didn't defend him enough in the media when he was playing poorly for, for playing hurt and things of that nature. But you're playing in L.A. The big, those are the biggest lights in the NBA, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're the Hollywood friends. They're the Yankees of the NBA. So when you go there, every single thing you do, you know, is magnified. You got you have people like Shannon Brown, like randomly marrying Monica all of a sudden. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Lakers. that. Like, like Sasha Vujicic was engaged to Maria Sharapova out of nowhere. Really? Because like, he played for the Lakers. Yeah, they used to be engaged. And then she broke up with him immediately after he got traded to the Nets. But I'll leave that where that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, there's certain lights that are just used. So it says a lot about LeBron James that he would welcome the lights of the Los Angeles Lakers. Right? Like, a lot of speculation that if he's going to go to L.A., he's going to go to the Clippers. He won't be a Laker. But he took that most high-pressure situation possible. So a lot of kudos to him for doing that. But if you go play with LeBron James, not only are you playing with LeBron James, now you're playing with LeBron James in L.A. on the Lakers. So it's like double the pressure. And it's so you like, got to be a certain type, of person, certain type of person to take that. 
And it's like if you if you win, it's all handy dandy, and if you lose, like it's no fault on LeBron; it's your fault. Right. That 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 that's the that's the problem. It playing with LeBron. So there was a point in which you know people were always like LeBron, why did you take the big shot? LeBron, why didn't you win the big game? This that third. But once LeBron and the Cavs beat the Warriors coming back down for 3-1, LeBron can now do no wrong. So everything is your fault, no matter what. Like, if you guys win, LeBron James leads another team to the championship. If you guys lose, LeBron needed more help. That's crazy. So it's, so it's like a thankless job, more or less. Mm. Mm. So so I, I understand that I get it. But, like, if you're an up-and-coming player and you think you're really, really talented and you're not getting the looks you should be getting, yeah, you want to play LeBron. Like, the reason why, like, LeBron was trying to get Damian Lillard, you know, on the cap. Damian Lillard's nice, but he all of years has missed the All-Star game because he's played in Portland. People aren't paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard in L.A. makes the All-Star game every year. Facts. So, it, it depends on who you are. If you feel like you still haven't gotten your due, I can see you going to play with LeBron. But if you're, if you're, if you're like, Paul George and you're already a superstar in your own right, and you're from L.A., to top it all off, like, maybe you don't want to deal with all that. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I feel like... But I, I, see, I, Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk at all, so it's hard to really pick <laughs> his range figure out what type of person he is. Like, I can't say how he would react, because he doesn't react to anything. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, who, who would you put LeBron if you could just pick? I was going to ask you that. Um, I mean, KD. <laughs> Probably KD. KD? I was going to say Anthony Davis. <coughs> Damn. So, I mean, how many years does Anthony Davis have left on his contract? Like three? I think, I think, he, doesn't he have, what did he have, one more year after this or two more years after this? Year? <laughs> I think two more years. And then, I, so basically, once the season's over, he has two more years left on his contract. And then he, and he plays a 2019 20 season. Um, after that, after that season's over, he can have that player option. Okay, so so basically, next season is when they're going to try to extend him because if he goes into the last year of his contract, people know he's going to want to leave, and you get less, you, you have less bargaining chips on on the trade on the trade market. So I feel like next year is the year they're going to either try to win or, or trade him. So you think they're going to sign a free agent next next off season and then trade their young pieces to get AD? No, I'm I'm, ta- I'm talking about Anthony Davis' current team. Yeah, because like, cause like cause, so I think after this year's over, I think he's gonna play one more season and then he has that player option. So basically, I think next season is gonna be like a Kawhi Leonard or like a Kyrie or like a Jimmy Butler situation. If you know you can't re up with him, you don't have a choice exactly. but to trade him. So I was thinking, if he if once the season's over and it's you know the off season and they try to extend that you know max contract to him, if he doesn't take it then that's going to give them implications that he's going to leave. So do you think the Lakers are going to trade their young pieces with some draft picks to try to get him and then at the same time also sign a free agent in the offseason? Well, part of the problem is none of them have shown enough. Like, Kyle Kuzma is a good player, but he, he has that same thing where a lot of players get overrated just because they play for the Lakers. Yeah. Like, Kyle Kuzma is just like a tall version of, like, who was the dude who was on the Lakers that got traded to the Cavs last year, like the point guard who had, like, no buckets in the playoffs? Oh, George Hill? No, not George Hill. Like he's like a younger player, Jordan Clarkson. Oh yeah. Kyle Kuzma is like a six ten version of Jordan Clarkson. 
don't know. I, I, I like who I like Kuzma. I think uh, I, I, I think Brandon Ingram is has more potential, but I think as far as like who fits with LeBron, just because he can spread the floor, I think I think Kuzma is a better fit for LeBron James. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because he's a 6'10 version of Jordan Clarkson. He can shoot. Where he plays no defense, he has no playmaking ability. Right. <laughs> but that, that's who that's who he is. But like people are acting like he has this crazy upside because he's on the Lakers. Yeah. But he hasn't shown you any sign that like he's going to develop into a better defender or a better like playmate. He's shown that he's like a great shooter because of his height. Yeah. He's shooter overlap. He's going to be a great shooter for you. But like. If, if you're trading for Anthony Davis and, and, and you're like the Pelicans, like, does that entice you? Mm-hmm. For, for Anthony Davis, if he's going to entice you, like, has Lonzo Ball shown you enough? Like, right now, Lonzo Ball is looking like his ceiling is going to be Andre Miller. Mm-hmm. At best. <laughs> if he's lucky. I don't get it, dude. Like, he, he, he was 190 last year. Now he's 210. He's basically bigger than all these modern-day point guards. Like, why are you not so being to to aggressive? Back? I don't understand. I, I don't get it at all. Like you should not all. have two points, four points, like in one in the and game. It's, and it's not like he's not athletic either. You know, like I don't understand sense. if he was like slow, but he's not. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like he hasn't shown you much. And then with Ingram, like I feel bad for Ingram. So Ingram gets drafted, and then it's like the Kobe retirement tour. So he's not going to get a chance. Yeah. And then last year he gets he gets his one chance, and he showed signs. That he's on the up and up, and then now he gets LeBron. You gotta like readjust your game once again and figure it out. So like, we still don't know what Brandon Ingram is. So like, if you're a team trading Anthony Davis, like you gotta look around. And be like, I think I can get a better package and trade it into the Lakers. Well, who has the best other than the Lakers? Are you guys Boston for real? For real? Maybe, but there are other teams that probably to put together packages and get you a lot, get you a lot of draft picks. In cap space, like I, I, I don't know, like you, you just gotta like, like I'm trying to think of teams. Like right now, I don't even. Right now, well, p- part of the problem with trading for him is like to, to convince him to go to another team. Like that team also has to believe that he was signing an extension. Then. I think he right, was like, signed. I think he was signing an extension with either Boston or LA. Yeah, like OKC, like they gambled on Paul George and they gambled that Russell Westbrook could convince him. Come hey. back, and it worked out. Yeah, only because he he brought Nas to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, like, like what LeBron and the Lakers have do have in their the corner that Anthony Davis is managed by LeBron James' company now. Yeah. So they definitely have an in. Um, I I, don't, I just don't know pieces of there. Plus, like NBA teams don't like trading with the Lakers. They just don't want them to win anymore. Like. They just hate trading with them. Like, part of the reason the Lakers fell off is, like, everyone just hating on the Chris Paul trade. <sighs> like, the Lakers never would have fallen off otherwise. And, and but, why, and why, and, and just, can you, can you just uh, let the fans know again, like, why didn't that whole trade go down with Chris Paul again? Basketball reason. <laughs> According to David Stern. But the, 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 the real reason, honestly, is because at the time, um, the, the Pelicans didn't have an owner. So they were technically owned by the NBA. And so the and so the general manager of the Hornets at the time he made a deal with the Lakers, and then other owners, largely Mark Cuban and the Cleveland Cavaliers owner, complained about the trade. They felt like it was too sweet of a deal for LA, and it was unfair. They're like, "Why are we going to be negotiating this new CBA where we're trying to create parity 
and they were allowing L.A. to sneak in at the last minute and create a juggernaut before the New York press, the CBA comes in, mm. yada, 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 this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, and if we're going to sell this team, you know, this new team, and get a new owner, don't we have to make the team as attractive as possible? Yeah. And, and they didn't believe that Lamar Odom, Pau Gasol, and, like, the first-round draft pick was going to be enough. Oh, no. No way. <laughs> okay. They, they, didn't believe, they, didn't, they didn't believe it was going to be enough. But I, but I think what they ended up getting was, like, Louis Scola and, and some trash. But, then the, but I think that number one pick ended up becoming Anthony Davis, so then it made sense in the end. So mm-hmm. there, there, was, there was something with that. But, but the problem was that the deal was already certified by the league already. So the uh-huh. Lakers had already told these players they were traded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it just ruined team chemistry when they then came back. Yeah, like Lamar Odom refused to play for the Lakers ever again. He was mad. He ended up going to the Mavericks. He thought after his life after that. Like it, it, it was just it was a mess. Oh god, oh god. But <sighs> I'm not. I would have loved to see Kobe and Chris Paul to see how that would have worked. Oh yeah, because if Harden can play with Chris Paul this well, <laughs> Kobe would have yeah. been on some other stuff. And then Dwight was going to come eventually, right? Right. That that was really the real reason. They, they they hated on the trade because the idea was once you get that deal done, the next deal was buying them for Dwight. Damn. It was buying them in a pick for Dwight. So it was really, so really the, the third move didn't even get to happen. It was supposed to be Kobe, Chris, Paul, and Dwight. Mm. Mm. And it was supposed to be them versus Miami in the finals, but they, they, the NBA ruined the opportunity. Oh, well. Uh, David Stern, David Stern. Speaking with Kobe, Kobe, you know, uh, took some shots at the Warrior fans. He said, enjoy the journey because we'll be champions before you know it. And then we'll just be laughing at all the Warrior fa- Warriors fans who all of a sudden came out of nowhere. Um, so do you think that L.A. is going to get a championship? And also, do you think this is the last year that the Warriors are going to be together? So when I say that, you think Katie going to rock? Well, first off, if, you're, if Kobe, Kobe is like a Laker, a lifetime Lakers fan, so <laughs> so, he, so he's gonna t- he's gonna talk his smack. But like, if there's one franchise that has the right to talk smack, the Lakers. Like, they've been in more NBA Finals than anyone else, and the Lakers have been in the NBA Finals every single decade since the NBA was created. Mm-hmm. Like, so like it's not they're not like the Celtics who had like a 25 year period between winning titles and making it back. Mm-hmm. Like, they never have that. This is like the longest period of the Lakers being trash ever. <laughs> like, like it's like unprecedented so he has the right to say that like the Lakers always find a way to make something happen mm. but this, this, this thing though is like this isn't the old days where like you had to go be in a big market to get those additional marketing dollars one you can be a superstar right where you're at now like it's not the old days right yeah. Russell Westbrook doesn't need to leave OKC to become Russell Westbrook yeah. Hard doesn't need to leave Houston before you know Shaq left Orlando goes to LA and he got the Shaq video game Got the Kazan movie, all that other extra stuff that he got from being in LA. Like you don't need to be in LA to do it now. Mm. No, if you're LeBron, you got a production company. It does help. Yeah. Um. So like some of those advantages, like institutional advantages, that LA has, they don't they don't have that anymore. Mm. But again, like the NBA doesn't benefit from the Lakers not being good. Mm. They are they are like they are the Yankees of the NBA. Like there are a lot of the reason why when you you go to the Olympics and Dwayne Wade and then we're taken aback by how popular Kobe was. Uh, how, like, because if you watch it from an American perspective, like, you think there's more parity, like, LeBron, Kobe, Mel, like, all these guys are really popular. They have equal fans. But from an international perspective, 
they went out there. They were in Brazil. They were in like, they were in China, and they were like, "Yo, Kobe's getting the craziest, loudest cheers out of all." It's like, "What's going on? What's really good?" And it's because there's a generation of fans that like, and when the NBA started going international, they remember catching the end of Jordan, and then they remember it going straight into the Lakers era. Mm. So Kobe was the guy. So he was a superstar to them before any of these other guys were. Mm. And especially being in the West Coast, like that projects out to China and Japan and whatnot. Mm. So like the only person who would really get more cheers than Kobe Bryant out there in China would be Yao Ming. Yeah. So, 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 so Kobe, so Kobe and, and the Lakers, they have a certain type of inter, inter, international reach. Um, but I, I just, and so the so the league wants them to be good. Like the marketing dollars, the money comes in more when the Lakers are good. Just like, but at the same time, the NBA has let the Knicks be terrible for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, I don't know. Like, the NBA doesn't benefit from New York being trash, but the Knicks have been bad for a minute. So, I don't know. Mm. So, so, so I, I don't, I, I don't know. But like, history tells me that at some, at a certain point, like the the Lakers will put it together. Like, because when you got LeBron James, you only really need one or two more pieces to be right there. Yeah, dude, that can just get his own bucket and shooters. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really it. So it's like they're not as far off as you would think. Like, if you got guys in the play defense and you got some guys who stretch the court and one dude can get his own budget, I mean, you're not that far off. Um, as far as these bandwagon, bandwagon Warriors fans, <laughs> I've actually always liked the Warriors. Like, I'm a Lakers fan, but I've always liked them because they always had, like, those wild teams. Like, you remember, like, Steven Jackson? Oh, yeah, when they upset Barry the Mavericks? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I remember like, that. They were just playing like hood ball. They just pulled up and shooting threes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like it was three ball. It was no fundamentals. It was just like I know you let them run up and down the court and just do whatever. Yeah. But it was just fun to watch. Like you knew it wasn't gonna last. Yeah. They weren't gonna win. It yeah. was fun. So like, but I know what Kobe's saying. Like the Warriors, all of a sudden, seeing a lot of Steph Curry jerseys out here, a lot of Clay Thompson jerseys. I didn't see any of that back in like 2003. Like they were like the last few stock of the league. Damn. So, but but that happens with every sport. Like, how many Pacers fans were out here before 2002? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that comes with winning. You, you win, people jump on the bandwagon. But I, 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 do see, I do see what Kobe's saying. Like, the Lakers are terrible right now, but they still have a bunch of fans. Like, we'll see what happens with the Warriors when it's not Curry, KD, Clay, and that. So, to your KD point, when I think of anywhere KD would go, I actually still think the Warriors are the best fit for him because he's made it clear he doesn't like constant media scrutiny and pressure. When people talk about him linking up with Kyrie and going to the Knicks, I'm like, if you're mad at the way they're talking about you <laughs> in the Bears, yo, come see me. Come see the East Coast. <laughs> like, they're going to talk about you crazy in yeah, New York. Yeah, and you know he's sensitive. So, he's very sensitive, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't see that at all. Like, you got to be a certain type of dude. To accept that, like I, I can imagine Jimmy Butler handling New York before Kevin Durant. Yeah, Jimmy Butler don't give no fucks. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I guess I, that's why I like Jimmy Butler. So that means I, 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 what's up? So, so, so if you're saying that Katie's gonna stay, that means that they're gonna have to more than likely probably get rid of Draymond Green. No, Draymond Green is gonna have to humble himself. Like Reggie Miller kept kept it real. He you think he's gonna take a pay cut? Yeah, you know, he was like, he was like, yo, everybody in a max player. He was like, Draymond Greenland, he's all fucking go to his head. Like, Shaq and him were like, yo, bro, relax. 
play like you're nice, but you, but you're you're not that nice. But it's crazy because it's crazy because it's crazy because of all his accolades, he's gonna be due for a max, right? A super max, right? I, I mean, I, I I think if he had one defensive player of the year this year or made like an All NBA team, <laughs> mm-hmm. he would have been. But with this suspension and these injuries, I don't think he's gonna be eligible anymore. Damn, pay cut, pay cut. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but but they already offered him an extension. I think they offered it at some point, like. Three, three, like four years, eighty mil, or something like that. It was something like that, and he said no because he thought he was a max player. Damn. So if if he ends up being off the word, it's not because they don't want him, because he's valuing himself very, very high. Yeah. So, but but to me, like I don't see another team where what he does fits very, very well. Besides, besides next to that guy, that guy LeBron in LA, I think LeBron would work very well with Draymond. You think so? I think it would work. I think they'll play well together. I think LeBron, I think Draymond would do a lot. Would do a lot of the dirty work. He does. He doesn't really need the ball a lot. He doesn't really care. He he would scream on people. He hold people accountable. He can he can start the he can start the offense. He likes to run. I think it would work. Like the only problem with Draymond is his three point shooting has been very bad these past couple of years. It's yeah. gotten worse. Yeah. I think the last time it was good was Game Seven of the Finals when he <laughs> almost had like yeah like thirty right. Yeah, you run off like you kept him in the game. <laughs> I don't know why Steve Kerr went away from him. But yeah, man, I, I, I think, I think he would. I think if you switch off Brandon Ingram off the Lakers right now, you give them Draymond. I think they're a better team. Mm. I think, I think he would work. But I, 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 I don't think he would. I don't think he would go to the Lakers though. Where he he's like a Warriors lifer. Yeah, I mean, if he's smart, he would. Um, where would you see? If, so let's say if they had to get rid of Draymond. Um, because I think Clay Clay's going to be a free agent too, so you yeah, can Clay, you sign Clay's all of them. Said he's willing to take a pay cut. Yeah, he seems like that. All right, so you keep Clay, um, you re-sign KD. I think Draymond's still under contract for one more year. Um, but let's say you still let's say KD because KD been taking pay cuts too, like been taking sl- uh, slight pay cuts. Um, let's say if Draymond has to leave, where do you other than the Lakers? Where do you see him fitted in? Maybe the Bucks. You, you, you think he would work next next to Giannis? I don't. Gian, Giannis, Giannis is getting by without having to shoot a consistent jump shot right now. Yeah. Because he's just so he's just so physically imposing. Hmm. But at a certain point, somebody's going to make him have to shoot to beat them. But no one's made him do it yet. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know where I put Draymond, bro. I don't know. Well, I'm telling you, he, he, he fits the best. With the Warriors, but I don't see anywhere else where he is who he is. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, he is from Michigan, so maybe you send him back to Detroit. But they already have Blake and Andre Drummond. That's my thing. Like, they don't really need him. Like, unless he's going to become a knockdown three-point shooter, they don't need him. Um, I'm like, I'm trying to think of a city that would like Draymond. Like, Philly would like Draymond, but. You have, but you don't. But you have Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't have Ben Simmons, and you told me you're gonna put Draymond on the six, I'd be like, I can kind of see it. Okay, yeah. But you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in Ben, ben Simmons' development because he still refuses to take a three point shot, which is crazy to me. Mental. Like, like he, Ben Simmons, I'm still, I, I still understand. I, I feel like Markel has been such a hot mess that people have ignored the fact that Ben Simmons still can't shoot. Yeah. Like, it's covered up the fact that, like, this man 
can't shoot a jump shot. You, you think it's all mental? No, nah, I, I, I think he got by on being more athletic than everybody his whole life and never had to work on that part of the game. That's crazy, bro. And then I remember uh, Jalen Rose was saying, like, he actually thinks he would shoot better with his right hand. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I think I think a lot of like his floaters and when he like goes to the basket uses his right hand a lot. Um, so I I don't really know. Um, it just doesn't even look right when it comes out of his hand. Honestly, even when he's shooting free throws. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, cause like a lot of these players nowadays, now we have social media in the off season. They always show that they always show themselves like shooting jumpers and whatnot. And I saw him sh- shooting jump shots, shooting shooting threes, but. I like you said. I have not seen him shoot one three pointer yet. The, the thing about it is, like, you, everyone can hit wide open shots from like an open gym. Like, I, I remember being at Michigan, and there were guys who wouldn't even sniff the NBA, but they would make every single three point shot like at practice. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like it's a big difference between hitting it when someone's guarding you under pressure. Like everybody in the NBA could conceivably hit like ten for ten for three if you're just having that practice. Even, even a lot of the centers, like, it's crazy how skilled they are. But when the game's online, you're under pressure and you're moving, it's fatigue, and it's not just sitting there. It's, it's a whole different thing. Like, I, maybe you're right, maybe it isn't that far. I don't, I don't know. But, like, I just feel like a lot of these guys, all they do in the offseason is just, like, lift weights instead of working on the fundamentals of the game. Like, James Hardy came, not that James Hardy came back fat. He didn't even lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, James Harden, like, I was, I was like, how did, how is it hard getting away with like being the reigning MVP and playing this mediocre, and no one says anything? Mm. Like that's 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 what I was saying. Like that's how you know these guys aren't like on like the LeBron, KD level because they don't get LeBron and KD type criticism. Yeah. Like there's no way LeBron James would get away with that. Oh no. <laughs> but James, James Harden, like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. I don't think he's ever going to win. Nah, he should have won last year, but Chris Paul always get hurt. Yeah, that's another dude that's never going to win. Yeah. Unless it's I like, mean, unless he's on some like Jason Kidd stuff or whatever. Where nah, he's like a role he player off that, the bench. Nah, nah, he signed for that 40 million a year to end his career. He decided he didn't want to win. <sighs> He could have took he's a not signing anybody else with that money. No one else can be signed to that team. Yeah, they're saying they're saying um um if things really don't go as well, they may uh the Phoenix Suns may buy out Trevor Reese's contract and they may get him like around All Star break or something like that. He's been trash this year though. Yeah, but I feel like he ain't even motivated. They trash. That's true. That's another team. Like I don't know where they're headed. The Suns like. They have Devin Booker. I still don't know if he's good or if he's just putting up numbers on a bad team. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he's on that Kevin Love shit. <laughs> like, I can't figure it out. Because, yeah. like, none of his numbers translate to wins. To wins, yeah. At a certain point, like, you would see, like, improvement, but they're not winning. That's how, Boogie, that's how Boogie was, too. Exactly. Mm. Oh, I forgot Boogie's on the Warriors. That's exactly, gonna be bro. Like, and that's what makes everything, like, suck. About <laughs> and he's coming. He's coming back right after Christmas. Like, I think the, he's playing the first game after Christmas. Is he really? That's what that's what they've been saying. They said return at, returns after Christmas. I'm like, ah, shit. Wow. And wow. It, yeah, and it's like it's like, damn. Like I, I give Boston a chance. I give Toronto a chance. 
And then I forgot Boogie's coming back. So that just changes everything. That's ridiculous. Five All-Stars, bro. Oh, I I forgot. So if he comes back this year and he's himself again, he's going to be a big name in free agency, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was saying that too. You, I was like, do you think he, if he's healthy, you think the, do you think the Lakers are just going to pick him up? I mean, that would be interesting because Boogie already played with Anthony Davis and played well with him. Mm, yeah. So you know it would work. Like we've seen it work. Yeah. That 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 would be interesting. Mm. It it would also be such a contrast because like two big men again, you know. And trying to win that way because that's just not how you win in today's NBA anymore. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, li- I like to, I used to like when basketball, you had a contrast of style playing each other. Play that inside outside game, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Where, where, does, where would the Marcus Cousins go? I'm th- so if Kyrie doesn't re sign with the Celtics, what if the Celtics sign? Boogie? Yeah, like if Kyrie leaves, they would have the money to sign the Marcus. I like that, and then just let Tatum be Tatum. Yeah, put the Marcus at the five, put Horford at the four, and then let Tatum be Tatum. <laughs> yeah, I like. I mean, I like that. I think that would work too. Like, I mean, because the Boston, because the Boston's in win now mode. Yeah. Before they have to pay all these guys, so they got to make moves. Yeah. So. And 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 NBA. See, that's what I like about the NBA. Like, I can't. Well, actually. The war- the Warriors are kind of like <laughs> <laughs> they are kind of like a cheat code. I was gonna say like <laughs> there's so much I can't predict, <laughs> but I can predict the most important thing: <laughs> who's gonna win the title. Can we take all that back? Unless there's a major like injury, then the Warriors are winning the, the whole thing, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so ridiculous. Every time you think you have a chance, like you remember Kevin Durant on that team, he's like, "Nah, I'm still here." <sighs> Every time. Yeah. It is what it is, man. But moving on, moving on. Last topic of the day, uh, Markel Fultz. You know, not too long ago, Fultz left the team to visit multiple doctors um, to figure out what was going on with his shoulder. And it turns out that he was diagnosed with TOS, which stands for neuro- Neurogenic Thoracic Outlet Syndrome. So it's a physical injury that affects nerves between the neck and shoulder, resulting in abnormal functional movement and range of motion, thus severely limiting Markel's ability to shoot a basketball. Uh, apparently, it's treatable by physical therapy, and according to multiple sources, common causes of this is physical trauma from a car accident and repetitive injuries from job or sports-related activities. Um, so it's crazy because I remember there was a rumor a couple weeks ago saying that he may have gotten into a motorcycle accident when he got drafted that may have caused nerve damage, but that's just speculation. Um, but... Uh yeah, um do you think he's going to be a bust? Do you think that he should um go to a new team and, and you know start completely new because I feel like since he's the number one pick, he has a lot to live up to and I just feel like if he's still over there and he comes back and he's not performing to his abilities, I think you just got to get rid of him. Uh, well, I think it's clear now that he's not in Philly's future plan. I mean, I think I think that's clear. Yeah, cuz they um, would, they wouldn't have gotten Jimmy Butler. Yeah, exactly. Because there wouldn't there wouldn't be enough basketball to go around. Um, I I think like I was talking to somebody else and I kept saying like something has to be wrong with them just because no one just magically forgets how to play basketball over the course of the summer. 
right? It, it was just so abrupt. Like, I'm like, he had to have gotten hurt. Like, he never looked comfortable shooting the ball. Yeah. And and maybe and maybe the Sixers knew about it, and they thought he could just play through it and then misdiagnose him, or they felt like he's the number one pick. So we have to get something out of this. But, like, what's crazy to me is, like, he sat all those games and didn't play. Yeah. So I thought, like, so based on the diagnosis you just read to me, like, how, like how is it treated? Do you have to get surgery or can it just be healed by you just, like... No. Oh, well, well, all the sources said was just physical therapy. So, so then what was he doing that entire first season when he wasn't playing? I mean, maybe he probably didn't visit multiple specialists and they didn't they didn't know what was wrong. They probably thought it was just going to heal on its own. I don't, I don't really know. That's so, so weird because you think that will be more than enough time to, like, get it to be, you know, off the part. Like, you maybe sat out an entire season. You, like, redshirt. Yeah, you only played 14 games, yeah. Yeah, so you would think that would be enough, you know, to rehabilitate if they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Hmm. So, so it, it, it's weird to me unless they really – misdiagnosed they were not familiar with what the issue was or he didn't reveal everything to them uh, yeah. so, so they didn't know what they were dealing with so it, it's just weird yeah I don't know if you ever watch I don't know if you ever watch ball. you ever watch Ballers no I'm about to start it's on my list okay so Ballers uh, there's a guy named Vernon and he's like a, I think he's a line, a middle linebacker or defenseman or whatever but he went paintballing and then he like basically tore I think he uh he structured his Achilles. But so basically he just lied about the situation and they finally like caught on to it. So I'm kind of thinking that when you said that he hide something from, you know, the organization, I think he did actually get hurt. Um, and he just didn't tell him the full truth. Yeah, he probably thought it was close because a lot of times when you do stuff like that, like your contract can be voided, like the clause in your contract. But I, I think a lot of that stuff was put in there after the Jason Williams injury. He had a motorcycle accident, right? Yeah, yeah, which tore up his knee, and he could never, he could never, he was never the same again. Damn. Like we never got to see what he could have been. Well, you control what you can control. So, more of the story is, ladies and gentlemen, don't get on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not when you got millions on the line. No, I'm listening to everything they say, man. I'm just gonna hoop and just, you know, put other people in position to be successful. That's it. Exactly. Like, you're most likely before you get the back. <laughs> what are you doing? You're acting like he, he already got 20, 200 million in the back. <laughs> crazy. Thank you. Crazy, crazy, man. But good I, to- I feel bad for him, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, my question is, you think he's going to be a bust or you think he's going to find a way to um, exceed expectations? I think it's all going to come down to whether or not that injury is. Because I've seen enough for him to say, at the very least, like, I think I think the guy's mentally tough. Like he went out there with that injury, trying all these different forms, trying to play. So I don't think we can say he's weak-minded. So I think if that injury heals, I think you've got enough determination to where he'll try as hard as not to be a bust. Yeah. So, but I, but I I think it can't happen in Philly. You got to go somewhere and get. It. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it works out for him in Philly. Yeah, me either. So. I think if he comes back. If he's healthy and they give him like a little audition for like ten games, just people like, "Oh, he's good," and then they trade him. Damn, just like that, no loyalty. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Philly, because Philly's at that point too where they have to show improve. Yeah. Like all this process talk, they take for like five years on purpose. Yeah. Like you, you have to win at a certain point. 
Mm-hmm. Like and, and right now, like I don't are are they are they the second best team in the East? Do, do we know that for sure? I mean, it's too early to tell. Like, we already know who's number one, but I feel like Boston's going to hit that stride. I mean, honestly, man, I'm giving Milwaukee the, the second-best team right now based on what I've seen. And I think Boston's going to finally hit a stride and get on a good amount of um, different win streaks, um, and they're going to end up at the three. So I think Philly's going to stay at four. Okay. I, I think once Gordon Hayward gets accepts coming off the bench, Boston will start to win again. Yeah. I, I really honestly think that's their problem. It's that tension between Jason Tatum becoming who he became while Gordon Hayward was gone. And Gordon Hayward's still trying to be Gordon Hayward. Yeah. I, I think once they settle into him coming off the bench, as a matter of fact, as we speak, they beat the Knicks by 28 today. Gordon Hayward coming off the bench. Yeah, and, and Jalen Brown's still injured too, right? Because Marcus Smart got inserted into a lineup for Hayward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Brown still hurt too. It's a lot of no, time. No, Jaylen, no. Nah, Jalen Brown's back. He played today. He had 21 he, off the bench. Oh, he came off the bench too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn, they deep, bro. They're deep. <laughs> Crazy. I think that's a five-game win streak now, right? Something like that, yeah, because they're, they're what, like, what are they now, 15 and 10, 14 and 10 or something like that? And they, I think they were, like, around, like, 500. Yeah. Yeah, so they've, 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 they've figured it out. So, like you said, uh, I think if he comes off the bench, um, then they're – Long term, they're going to be successful. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning, right? He already got well, Gordon Hayward already got his money. Yeah, see, that's that's the good thing about being an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just fully guaranteed. Yeah. Only NFL players are dumb enough to like find that that collective bargaining agreement of non guaranteed contract. Yeah. While playing in the most dangerous sport. Yeah. But. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get, like, 50-something guys on a team to all agree. <laughs> Especially when they got miles to feed. Like, it's hard. Like, some people are like, look, man, I can't hold out. If I hold out, my whole family's going hungry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, okay. man. But, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much, you know, all the topics I have for today, man. I just want to thank you for hopping on the show once again. It's always a pleasure, you know, you know, talking, you know, NBA talk with you, man. Any, any Anything you want to say? Nah, man. I mean, I mean, it, it was fun. I know um, the Grammy nominations come out well tomorrow, well, maybe in like an hour, or maybe early tomorrow morning. So, if you ever want to have me come back to talk something besides sports, to talk to music in the industry, because <laughs> I feel like the Grammy nom, I feel like that would be, I feel like that'd be a funny podcast just talking about the industry and everything that's going on. If you want to bring me back for one of those? See this I'm episode forty four point five featuring the Grammys. <laughs> 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 facts, facts. But I appreciate your time, man. I'm going to talk to you soon. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 43 of the Caesar Show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to deliver some more content to you next week. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure to follow me on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars. That's S I R S E E Z U S. I'm available on iTunes, Podcast Connect, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So there's no reason why you shouldn't get hip to the show and spread the wealth. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Help, help.